Welcome to Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up with courage and faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who faced trials head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Shame, embarrassment, negativity, the struggle to love ourselves is real. We don't see ourselves as the beautifully made women that we are, and it's difficult. My guest today understands this. Her journey towards healing and freedom started, and she thought she was all alone. By working, however, with my other guests, the two of them found that scores of women also experience a disconnect between how they see themselves and God's image, how God sees us. Welcome today, my guest. She is the founder and the president of Gateway Creative Broadcasting in St. Louis. She leads two radio stations, 99.1 Joy FM and Boost Radio with a combined weekly reach of over 500,000. My guest's latest book is Healing Out Loud, and she's also the author of Devotionals, A Little More Peace, and Choose Joy. She currently serves as the chairperson for the Christian Music Broadcasters. Previously, she has worked as a writer and a producer for Focus on the Family, Welcome today, my guest, Sandy Brown. Hi, Don. Hi, Sandy. So excited to have you join us today. And you are not alone. We are also joined by Dr. Michelle Kalk, and she is a graduate of Argosy University with an MA in mental health counseling. She obtained her doctorate of philosophy in the counseling, education, and supervision She is currently an assistant professor and director of the clinical experiences at Huntington University in Indiana. She lives in Chesterfield, Missouri with her husband, Jason, and she's the co-author of this amazing book, Healing Out Loud, once again. Also, please welcome Dr. Michelle Koch. Hi. Hi, Dawn. Thanks for having us today. Absolutely. So you two ladies have been on quite a journey together. And it's an amazing story. And I'm so glad that today we get to tell the story to our listening audience. So Sandy, let's start with you. You're an executive woman. You're a mover and a shaker. You're doing incredible things. You've got these radio stations, but there's something else going on inside of you. You have this nine void inside of you. And so you make a reach to Dr. Michelle. Tell us about that. I had never heard anyone describe what I was feeling on the inside. I don't even know if there were words to it, but every measurable way my life looked wonderful from my marriage to my kids, to my profession, as you said, there was accomplishment and I I could see that, but I couldn't feel loved or wanted or accomplished. I felt unwanted, rejected and a failure. And I knew there was a disconnect there. And so I, um, I had never spoken of it. I didn't tell my husband and my closest friends, anybody. I had friends that had all gone through counseling, thought that was an amazing thing. And, um, 
just one day decided, you know what, it's risky to continue to live this way and it's risky to reach out for help. So why not reach out for help? Because I don't think staying in this cocoon of feelings and, and tornado-like emotions is gonna do anything different. So I reached out to um, a counselor who was new to the St. Louis area, who did not know me from the radio, which was really important that they wouldn't think they knew me already, but that they would get to know me from the inside out. And that was Dr. Michelle. And I honestly, I remember our first conversation. I didn't want to sound crazy, right? Because like, <laughs> you don't want to say, I th- what I know and what I feel, like they're not the same thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like crazy people. So I tried to frame it up in a way that, that she would understand the struggle, but not go, sister, you're crazy. So uh, <laughs> that's how our journey began. <laughs> Sandy doesn't know that I hear that every day from my clients. Exactly. Like, don't think I'm crazy, but dot, but. dot, dot. <laughs> exactly. And we're our worst critics. I mean, that's the fear of opening up. You said some powerful words. I felt unwanted, rejected, a failure. And no one knew because you presented and projected such a confident woman. And yet that's how you were feeling inside. Uh, wow. Dr. Cox. So tell us when she reached out, you said, oh, I hear this. I'm don't think I'm crazy, but you hear that all the time, but women struggle with this and these negative thoughts are some women more susceptible to others. Do, does everyone have this disconnect between what they know and what they feel? Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I think to some measure, we all tend to struggle with this women and men, honestly, mm-hmm. to where we feel like we need to engage in the world with a little bit of a mask on. It just kind of depends on how thick that mask really is. And so a lot of times like Sandy, it's hard to identify or put words to really what's going on underneath the surface. And that was part of our task is to identify. So, you know, there's some outward things going on that are indicators that something's off. Maybe there's something going on where you're not you know, feeling like yourself in a relationship or what you say to people isn't lining up with this voice in your head that's constantly telling you, do you really belong here? Is this really your place? Don't you look a little bit different from everybody else? Whatever that kind of negative tape is, I think it runs in all of us. It's just identifying it and then taking that step to say, hey, something's going on and we need to figure out what are some ways that I can kind of challenge this negative voice because I'm not able to live to my fullest here. So I think we all struggle with it. I think we can all relate to that negative voice, whether it's really shouty or if it's kind of quiet and comes up, you know, in certain, yeah, exactly. Certain situations. Um, but how do we kind of beat that voice back? I love uh, talking about this because Sandy, you know, and thank you for being so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I don't think you were being disingenuous to a part of who you are. You're probably D in the driver in the disc, or maybe you're an eight in the Enneagram, or maybe you don't do that at all. I mean, maybe there's a very authentic part of you that knows how to do business and you're, you, you have vision and dreams, but it wasn't integrating with the whole part of you because you were feeling so unloved. And, and that is at the end of the day, you put your head on that pillow. That's an empty feeling. And it's like, I can have all these things and still not feel 
peaceful or happy. Was it rooted in your past, Sandy, or where did that come from? We discovered that. And it's interesting in a very short period of, well, it was an exhausting way to live, right? Right. Because the work I was doing was fulfilling, but not overcompensating for whatever this shouty voice was or this void was. And so it was exhausting. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. I mean, within a very short period of time, Michelle identified trauma, abandonment, and abuse. Hmm. And I was like, no, I had never used those words to define my life. I, I knew things had happened, but that was not part of my vocabulary. I felt that admitting that any of those things that happened way back when were still messing with me today would be acknowledging failure, um, would be acknowledging that there was still some control over my life. So but no amount of, I don't want to admit it's true, can compensate for it. it's true. And yeah, we had to start looking back. Um, I remember when she said, I think you're struggling with shame. And I literally shook my head to her and said, well, you know, I know you just met me and I'm, I've known myself for a lot longer than you have. I don't wrestle with shame. And then when she started to unpack what shame was, where it comes from, how it manifests itself in your life, I just started weeping because whether I wanted to admit it or not, um, shame from not only what happened, but the messages that I took from what happened oh, yes. were what was messing with me today. So what happened was a memory, but the messages and what I believed what happened from then, it all began pointing at me. And I did not know that. I, I did not understand that was the root of all my negativity. I was pointing the finger at myself and just didn't know it. That's so powerful because um, and say, um, Michelle, I want to let you jump in, but absolutely right. The experience is one thing. And then the meaning and the interpretation that we give it is a whole nother thing. And that's what lives with us. The experience. Yes, it, it, it's a moment in time and it's painful, maybe many moments in time, but it is all of that chatter, the lies, the shame, the belief, the self-judgment perhaps. And so how do we, um, Dr. Kalk, how do we listen to the past? How do we go through this healing where, okay, let me, let me listen to the past, but have belief that I have a future and that I am all that God says I am. How do I shed this and find mm -hmm. healing? Am I, are you following me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a, it's not a straightforward, easy pathway um, in the book we refer to a process of healing as the healing map. And you'll notice in the book that it's a very kind of jig jaggy kind of line that goes backwards and forwards and sideways and up and down. Um, for Sandy and I, I think the key piece and for others, the key piece to start the healing process is to name really what's going on underneath the surface, because until we can really name it, we don't know what to do with it. So if it is trauma, if it is shame, if it is abandonment, that's really step one in understanding and naming what the pain really is. And only then can we take some steps forward. So there's, there's inherent value in going back and seeing, well, what was the trauma like? What was the abandonment like for you? And can this be tied to what's going on for you in the present? Um, and from there too, only when we necessarily name it, can we start to uncover some of the enemy's lies, particularly in shame. 
right? Shame, it grows and it hides in the dark until it's brought into the light of the truth of God, right? Which is the way that, that we should be hopefully looking at ourselves as these beloved treasured creatures of God. Um, but it's only in that process that we can continue to heal. So we, we do need to look back, I think, to really identify and tell some of the stories that are there in our pain in order for it to loosen its grip on us in the present and in the future. So doing some story work, mm-hmm. going back into in a, the audience of a trusted confidant such as yourself. Sandy, mm-hmm. how scary was that to actually, they're not labels, but it's giving vocabulary to what's already happy, happening to say, ooh, abuse, abandonment shame. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to identify with that person, but yeah, how- in the moment <clears throat> it felt horrific, right? Because I felt like if I opened the can, it would never get all back together. I felt like if I didn't have to talk about it, I didn't have to feel it. And once I started to feel it, would I ever be able to not feel it? it just all of that. My mind was all of that. And I literally remember um, it wasn't that I didn't know what words to say. It's I almost couldn't bring myself to say them. I just sat in Michelle's office and, and wept. Um, and But now looking back on it, so I, I don't want to sugarcoat it at all. It was incredibly painful. Um, looking back on it now, though, there was purpose in it. And not only in discussing it, but in looking at it with a more truthful lens, right? Because I was looking back on it either with a lens of denial or a lens of shame and to be able to put it out and discuss it with a truth speaker who could um, ask questions about, well, where was God and what did you feel then? And what do you want to, what do you want to let go of from that memory? What do you want to take with you? And just the whole process Um, As I look back on it now, it was very necessary. And then not just talking about what happened, but evaluating what was lost. There's a whole chapter on not only understanding the hurt, but understanding and grieving what was lost. And so there's purpose in all of that. And there was sadness and there was grief and sorrow, but it um, birthed also new life, almost like a, you know, whether it's an a seed being planted in the ground or something like it, it has to die to itself, but then something beautiful can come. And it was a painful death. It was, it was grieving over things that were lost um, and impacting my life still today. But from that experience also came truth, um, a recognition between truth and shame and a desire to go, you know what? Um, I, if I acknowledge, then I can grieve. If I acknowledge, I can forgive. If I acknowledge, I'm not afraid. There's nothing any longer in the dark. Nothing that I have to be ashamed of because in, in the truth, you know, where there's truth, there's freedom. So, yeah, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It was rough. It was about a year, um, but it produced really, really good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so great because you, what you're saying is something that I've actually lived through my own self. And it's what you said earlier. If I acknowledge this, you didn't say it quite in these words, but if I acknowledge this, I thought, I'm going to fall into a big black hole and I'll never come out again. But the truth was, if I acknowledge it, I'm going to be set free. If I acknowledge it, if I face it and look at and and stare it down, I understand that it's been haunting me, but it really is powerless to affect me anymore. Now you did this in therapy with Dr. Michelle, but 
your husband was also a part of this. I mean, you had, had you not even told your husband about this? No, that's pretty deep. How did that go down when you told him? Yeah, we'd been married over 30 years. My best friend, he knows me better than anybody. When I said, I just had never uttered the words. I, I had never spoken of some of my deepest pain. And when Michelle, and it was quite some time into the healing process, suggested that the next step in healing was vulnerable conversations, right? Trusting yourself and trusting um, enough people enough to, to share the, the right people. Um, she said, I think you're ready. And I said, what you're asking me to do feels like you're asking me to get butt naked, walk on the street, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it felt that scary to me. So one of the chapters in the book is naked in the street. Um, I, it was not because he was untrustworthy or unsafe, but I was unpracticed at sharing. Mm -hmm. I had had shared with Michelle, but no other person on the planet until then. And so it felt very scary to, to open up to anybody. And again, but once I did, and I'm so thankful that she challenged and invited me into that, because that's how we get better at things is practicing, whether it's mm -hmm. trust, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's accepting, whether it's giving grace, all of that, the more you do it, the easier it comes. And so we call those vulnerable conversations. And I'm so thankful. It went well. He, he had, I was so fearful of rejection because that's what I had been doing to myself what all the time. It's what I knew. He did not have an ounce of rejection. Not, not a, he cried with me. He held me. He was um, affirming of what he was seeing in my life. And it was, um, had I never given him the gift of honesty, I could have never received the gift that he gave me back. And so it was um, wonderful. And the beginning of, of more vulnerable conversations. That's so beautifully said. I'm, I'm weeping over here because I so identify because one of my biggest fears was sharing because of the shame. Um, Dr. Michelle, shame is such a powerful emotion and I think so many people have that and don't identify it or recognize what it is. How does shame, what is shame? Mm -hmm. Well, shame, I think is probably one of the um, deepest, darkest emotions that we can have. Let's just call it out for what it is. And, you know, at its heart, shame says that I am inherently, I'm a bad person. That's what it says to the very core of our soul. And, you know, it's a little bit different from, say, like guilt or low self-esteem, because low self-esteem or guilt may say, well, you know, I, I did something bad, but, you know, that's recoverable. Shame goes to our very core, and it says, I'm not worthy. I'm bad. And shame comes from all sorts of places, but you know, I believe at its heart, it comes from some of these early messages that we get about ourselves from, you know, maybe even those that are closest to us, family members, um, you know, others that we should be able to trust, but they tell us something very differently about ourselves. And then we internalize that until it becomes just this big black ball of muck from which we operate from if, if the shame is deep enough. Mm -hmm. So many women struggle with shame and then it's awkward at times when we start our healing journey and, mm -hmm. and we think about, okay, so I'm being told I need to tell my story. I need to become vulnerable. I need to, 
I need to be willing to put it out there. So there's a strong emphasis in your book, um, healing out loud on being vulnerable and sharing our story. People get confused. Does that mean we have to go on Facebook and tell everybody? (laughs) Do I make a video and post it on Instagram? (laughs) I'm a survivor. (laughs) Uh, well, that's up to each individual, <laughs> but as a therapist, I may not recommend that necessarily. <laughs> I think I'd probably recommend as we did um, with Sandy to start with your safe people, right? Those are the ones that um, first give you the best chance to be Describe safe, with. by the way. Tell us what yeah. safe means. Good question. Um, and Sandy, I'd love to hear about this from your perspective too, and how you knew that Mike was a safe person for you. Um, it's a person who is trustworthy, a person who prays for you and with you consistently. It is a person who has a pattern of um, behavior and engagement with you that shows that they care over who you are and your own kind of development as a human being. Um, you know, it's a person who respects your boundaries. That's a big one. That's a big big one one with being a safe person. Um, so Sandy, would you add anything to that about as far as how you knew Mike, um, was a safe person or how even maybe you knew your therapist was a safe person? Cause that's where it all started. Well, I think when you said someone who loves you for who you are, and not what you do. And I had seen uh, Mike fight for our marriage. I'd seen him fight for our family. And so I, it w- my reasons for not being vulnerable with him were really not rooted in him. And so once I recognized they were rooted in me and that he had a very consistent, stable pattern of um, loving me well, that... Um, yeah, I, I, that's why I, I lean in. It was risky. Let's be honest. Is there anyone who's 100% safe? I don't, I don't know because we're all broken, sinful people. On any given day, we can get it wrong. Um, but I felt like um, it was a risk, risk worth taking. And honestly, the next step, and it's tied to this, was um, I was challenged through therapy too to actually ask for his forgiveness mm-hmm. because while... I had not intended to wrong him or harm him. My living walled off from him emotionally had an impact on our relationship and our family and our marriage. And so um, on the surface, someone may not understand, well, why the heck did you as a survivor or someone who was wounded have to go to apologize to someone who didn't even hurt? Like that's all messed up. It was right on the money because um, I was recognizing that um, while something may have, have been done to me before, unintentionally, but still very much part of reality, I was not fully um, present with him emotionally and fully honest and vulnerable with him. And so it was another vulnerable conversation to say, it was not the same one, but to say, you know, I'm really sorry. And and he was like, no, you don't have to be. And I said, no, hear me out. And I had written it down in my journal and it's in the book that, that um, I recognize that my stuff, whatever you want to call it, impacted not only me emotionally, but probably everybody who loved me and who I loved. And I really wanted to acknowledge that and to say, um, it was not intentional. And I'm going to try really hard, not only for your good, but for mine to, to not live that way anymore. So it was a, it was a good conversation. That's incredible. And that's a really 
important step in your healing. And we talked about it before we started recording, actually, about the fact that this was not your fault. What happened to you was not your fault. What happened to me was not my fault. But as a result of what happened to me, I made some really sinful decisions. And I did. I learned some things. I learned not to be vulnerable. I learned to wall off. I learned that intimacy equaled pain and hurt and shame. The most vulnerable position of opening yourself up to a spouse equaled, in my mind, abuse and hurt and embarrassment. So I had to own that. It, it, no, it's not my fault. But now I, I, I have to make a decision about what I want to do with that. My, my husband had become the second victim of sexual abuse. And, and I kind of took up where the abuser left off in some ways, because, and not meaning to, not my fault, but just what the wound and the wound that keeps on giving, you know, so that was, that was an important step, you know, so let's turn to the book a little bit. So you guys are working together. If you're from down South, it's y'all we're working together for a year in this. And you began to understand that, that what you're talking about in this therapeutic session is really universal. You're talking like so many survivors, Sandy, and they need what you're discovering. And so how did you decide? Well, first of all, I want to hear about this healing map, but you decided as you were looking at this whole thing that, that, um, thank you for sharing and saying the, the freedom and the relief and the recovery that I'm experiencing shouldn't just be for me alone. Let's share this with the world. So, so Dr. Kopp, you came up with a healing map. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And you share that extensively in your book. Mm -hmm. We do. And so the healing map uh, was developed when I started, well, when we sat down to write the book together after we had um, finished therapy. And it was really this higher up view of what am I seeing commonly in my clients that is really just integral parts of their healing journeys. So what's What's a common experience that helps my clients move from place to place in their healing um, healing process? And that's where the healing map came from. Um, it was just kind of sitting down and thinking about like, what, how would we chart this out mm -hmm. essentially? And where do we begin? And where do we move towards? Not that healing is complete. You know, you don't jump up from a therapist's couch and go, I'm done. I'm perfect. I'm ready to run right out of here. And um, it's a lifelong kind of thing, as we know, right? Growth is a lifelong, growth and healing are lifelong things. So the healing yeah. map though, yeah. Go I was going to say, but you've got some important mile markers along the we, way of exactly. in the journey, right? Exactly. So we start with the very beginning and I'm looking at the book. We start with the very beginning of recognizing the emotions and then along the way are um, these markers of, um, okay, here's the next part of it, looking at your pain with compassion um, so that you can begin to uncover some of the shame all the way through the anger and the grief process, which are really common to a healing, um, a healing process to the last piece, which is seeing the new. 
So the idea behind the healing map was to kind of reassure that you're making progress and that there is, you know, a point of hope to continue to move towards. So that's a hard part about therapy and a healing process is that sometimes it, it's hard to see your own progress. It's hard to see where am I going with this? Is this worth looking and unpacking all of this pain? Where so many going? people, when yeah. I'm doing um, biblical counseling with people or coaching, they say, how long will this healing take? When will yes. I be whole? Yes. <laughs> and I get that question all the time. So, you know, Dr. Michelle, how, how am I doing? Am I, you know, am I making enough progress? progress. It, that's always such a, that's such a tricky question, but what we do is we look at first and foremost relationships. Are you seeing changes in your relationships? Are you engaging more wholeheartedly into your relationships? Are you engaging more truthfully in your relationships? Um, you know, are you getting naked and walking across the street? What, you know, what are these ear markers for you? Um, so yeah, that's hopefully a helpful guide for the readers of the book to give them, um, some ear markers and most importantly, some hope that they're doing good work. I'm really excited about the healing mat because I do, I agree that they can just kind of pinpoint here's where I am. And you talk about emotions and, um, boy, I think if anything I've recognized with survivors is that they, they're so, they have such an inadequate vocabulary to describe what they're feeling. I think the one emotion they can experience sometimes is rage, which is just basically everything piled in. They're either numb or rage. And I don't know if that was true for you, Sandy. I certainly don't want to suggest that, but how are things different for you today, Sandy? What's the What's the, and it's a lifelong journey. I get it, but are there some specific things that you feel differently? I, I do. And, and, um, as Michelle said there, I feel like I might not be the best, um, one to assess, but when my coworkers and my family and my husband started to say things like, you're just seeming more lighthearted or there is more joy or, I can identify person, you know, the difference between shame and a lie and which am I going to believe and um, where am I going to camp out today on, on the side of shame or on the side of truth. So I feel like it has helped um, every relationship I have. Um, the one with myself, which I didn't even know I had a relationship with myself before counseling, um, my relationship with God and then my relationship with my family and others. So, yeah, I think there's less shame. It still um, calls out to me no doubt, but, um, I'm able to more easily identify where it's coming from and what the source is and that it's not true. Um, and that there is a truth counterbalance that weighs heavier in my mind and heart than that. So, uh, I still battle. We talk about that in the book that really fighting for ourselves is something that we probably will do forever this side of eternity, sure, but sure. I, I am, I can recognize healing in my life. Some days it looks like less yuck, and some days it looks like more beauty. So it just depends on the day, but um, I can recognize it. And so can those that love me well. And it's, um, it's what freedom tastes and looks like. There's a line in the book, The Shack and the movie. And I don't know for those who have read it, but it says living loved. And I'm wondering, are, have you learned how to live your life loved? Do you feel the love of God today? 
I do. I have always, uh, I had experienced the love of God before counseling and before healing. I, I knew of it intellectually. I knew of it experientially, okay. um, but it hadn't penetrated the depths of my understanding. You know, like that Psalm that says, you've knit me together. I know that full well. And I knew it well enough that I was saved and um, could have a relationship with God through, through the Holy Spirit. But I feel like I'm tasting it more fully now. And my emotions are in sync with that. I know what it means to be treasured, not just an obligatory God loves me like because he has to because he's God. And eh. that's kind of how I felt. I knew he loved me, but it was more of like an obligatory thing. Now I realize that um, he made me. He treasures me. He weeps with me. He comforts me. Um, he empowers me. It's, it's a more full understanding of who he is and our relationship. Um, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. The book is called Healing Out Loud with Michelle Koch, Dr. Michelle Koch and Sandy Brown. Final words for women who might be listening to this and say, I so identify with Sandy. I, do I reach for help? Is it enough just to read the book? What do I do? Thoughts, advice, some counsel? Yeah. Well, we're already hearing even early on because it just came out on January 6th. Congrats. Um, yes, thank you. And we're already hearing feedback about um, from readers who this is really their very first start into a healing journey. And it has so sweetly, uh, because this was part of the big intention of our book. It has encouraged them to continue on to seek counseling or to connect with a caring friend um, in order to um, just be able to process some of the material of this book. And so if it is therapy, if it's finding a trusted friend or family member or a small group at the church to be able to um, just really uh, digest this information and this healing process, then I think that that's a huge win for the book. And that's been our intention all along is just to get the message out that we feel like God has given us through Sandy's therapy journey um, and inviting me along for the ride, which I'm so grateful for. Um, that's really been our hope for this. So if it's counseling, um, certainly the thought there is to reach out to, um, you know, a trusted counselor through a referral or through the different directories that are listed in the back of the Healing Out Loud book. Um, and it takes a measure of courage. You may not know it at the time, but it takes a measure of courage to stop avoiding the pain and to really step into it and look at it. But my message would be is that you're entirely worthy of engaging in this process and hopeful that it will be one that will bring you more freedom and more light. Sandy. Yeah, I would say uh, to you personally that uh, you're not crazy. <laughs> you're not even broken. Um, you're wounded and there's healing. Um, believe it or not yet. It's true. And so um, trust, um, trust someone who's walked there and who wants to, to shine a light for you, you know, from the path that I've walked, that God is faithful. He will meet you. He promises to be close to you throughout the process. And um, 
what if, what if it's possible? I, I would just say, um, I didn't know what better looked like or what it would feel like. I honestly didn't know if it was possible, but I just say, um, yeah, you're not crazy. Uh, you may be wounded and there is healing and, and why not take a Amen. We are so thrilled that you've been with us today, Dr. Michelle Koch and Sandy Brown. Thank you so much. The book is called Healing Out Loud. And is the book available? Where do we find it? Mm-hmm. So it's available at all of the major retailers, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, christianbook.com. And then it's also available through the Joy FM website, which Sandy makes sure that that you say what the website address is. So I don't get it wrong. Well, it's joyfmonline.org. But as Michelle said, it's uh, available everywhere. So pick up a copy and let us know what you think and begin your out loud journey. There you go. It's a phenomenal first step. And because we are probably talking to many of you who have struggled, I do want to also encourage you as your host today, I've been through the journey myself. It is so well worth it. Nothing though. What was, what was sown in tears will be reaped with joy. It's worth the journey. And I love what you said, Dr. Kalk, it, you are worth it. You are worthy of healing. So when I ask a question to all of you who are listening today, my modern day Esther's, is this your moment to arise? I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at AriseEster.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Dawn Damon, visit DawnDamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.